Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Roto-Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Welcome, everyone, to the Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, a.k.a. the captain today, if you uh, recognize that movie reference. Uh, it's The Siege. Uh, my drive from Nashville was four hours. Stevie's was 11. So uh, I asked Stevie, I told Stevie, take a day off. Like, you've been uh, busy all week in Nashville with the uh, RG party. Or I wouldn't call it a party. RG boat trip and uh, the like in the NASCAR package, which absolutely crushed once again. So he's getting a podcast off. So calling him up from the tournament package. I'm bringing on my normal, probably my last podcast co-hosts. First up, it's winning two four seven. Jack, what's going on? None much, man. I'm I'm loving the new name. I gotta admit, it was long overdue. Like yeah. I, I don't make enough appearances on that podcast to like for it to be called Siege's Show anymore. So it's time. The name is a. It's kind of funny, and b. It's kind of just overdue. You know, yeah. I, I just never make enough appearances. And the star, I would guess, I guess we'll call him that of probably my last podcast. It's probably my last login. What's going on? Yeah, uh, it's called, It's people think it's called probably my last podcast because it's named after me, but it's actually because uh, the last time you did it, it actually was the last time you were on the podcast with us. <laughs> oh, man, it's been way too long. Baseball season, man, I just, man, I was on vacation and then, I had this uh, RG stuff and all the, it's all been super busy, but I'll make some more appearances down the stretch here as we go to the second half of baseball season. But uh, the morning grind podcast is brought to you by draft. Of course, our friends over at draft. If you haven't got downloaded the draft app, one, what are you doing? And two, you're missing out on best ball. Uh, one of my favorite modes over there. But if you haven't downloaded that account, you'll do so go to the app store, click on that draft app and use that promo code grinders. Get the best deposit bonus out there and RG draft incentives, which honestly might be better value than the deposit bonus. But so use them if you haven't already. Draft, they're awesome. I actually dredged about a few hundred dollars in games when I was in Illinois on the way back. So if you're looking for uh, take some siege bucks, they're out there. They are out there and available. All right, I think that's it for the homework and all the uh, promoting our sponsors. We got 12 games, so let's kind of just get started. Um, we're going to kind of, if you are a tournament tactic subscriber, we're going to do this in the morning grind format, uh, just so that we are going to stick to game by game. So, uh, and plus we don't have video on this one. So Milwaukee at Pittsburgh, uh, nine total, Brent Suter versus Chad Cool. PML, we had two great days of pitchers. You knew the shoe was going to drop at some point and the quality of pitcher was going to collapse. Today is that day. What's your thought on Chad Cool against a right-handed heavy Milwaukee team? Uh, well, I mean, is it going to be right-handed heavy? Because honestly, they just keep surprising me with these lineups from day to day. Uh, they they totally could roll out like five lefties, right? 
Or they could I mean, roll out no lefties. I mean, they could roll out five, I guess. But, I mean, he's been better against lefties. It's just pitching on this slate, as you'll find out, is just really poor. And, like, say what you want about Shaq Cool. At least he's got, like, a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, right? Yeah, he's got he's got one of the best sliders, uh, you know, out of any young pitcher in baseball. That's for sure. It's just that's kind of where it ends is the fastball and the slider, and that's why he struggles against lefties. Is he throwing the curveball more? He was toying with that in that Baltimore start when he completely trolled me when I had 100% Chris Davis with this curveball, but I don't know if he's still throwing it. Have you seen it recently? Uh, man, I'm, I'm so far off the Chad Cool bandwagon for such a long time that I kind of check in from start to start, but no, I've not been paying attention. on this I'm going to quickly pull it up here uh, in a minute. While I'm doing that, uh, Jack, what are your thoughts on uh, Chad Cool in this game in general? Yeah, I'm not really going there. I know he's 5-6 on DK. It's pretty cheap. But if anything, I'm targeting some lefties against him on the Brewers. I don't hate that stack. Uh, probably going to get overlooked here. There's a lot of high totals on the board, and I think if you can get a couple lefties in there against him, I always love playing a lefties against Cool. So that's probably where I'm going. So I assume Travis Shaw and uh, the suddenly hot Eric Thames are kind of your top two targets there? Oh, definitely, yeah. And even if you want to throw in, I mean, there's there's going to be a decent amount of lefties. I feel like you know you think you, you got to think they're going to roll three or four, especially against him. Uh, so I mean, VR too, if you want to go there. And uh, I mean, Vaught, is Vaught going to catch? Yeah, I would imagine Vaught's going to catch in this game. I would have to think. I mean, it, you if they throw like Pena out there against Chad Cool, I, I think it kind of changes the whole dynamic, right? Yeah, definitely. I just think they're going to. As many lefties as you can. I think a three a three man stack here is pretty is pretty good. I'm not going all in on a stack, but I, I don't mind two or three lefties here. Yeah, the curveball looks to have been like a one or two start thing. It was really effective. I don't know why he got rid of it. It had a 171 X Woba, but I guess it just got hit hard one time and they're like, okay, that's the end of that. Uh what are your thoughts there on the Brewers bats? Um, I assume that you don't have any interest in the Pirates bats there, PML. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time going through and by the way. Liked the correct pronunciation on Brent Suter. I had to look up some starts from him and uh, to get get the pronunciation because I'd been saying Sutter. Um, he's been pretty good so far, but you know he's uh, kind of unremarkable. You know, a, a fifth a fifth guy in the rotation, kind of dude. Nothing crazy. Good with the swing and miss stuff. So, you know, I I think I would actually take a chance on maybe uh, a three or four man stack from the Pirates just because that middle, you know, middle-ish relief for the Milwaukee Brewers has been kind of, eh, you know, from time to time. Yeah, it's just, it's just like McCutcheon's 4-5. I just don't know if I can go there on this slate. And then it's kind of like if I'm not playing McCutcheon, I kind of can't play the stack. Cervelli's not bad at 3-3 if you need a catcher one-off. I think that's some pretty solid value over there on DraftKings. And but, then you get, you get like freeze and you're like, okay. And then you're like Mercer. Oh, that's not bad. And then if, you know, assume I guess I could run back the same stack I ran up against John Lester. Couldn't I? Yeah. I mean, it's uh suitor is not as good as Lester. Although yeah. <laughs> yeah. David freeze at two nine is kind of a joke. Like that's a little absurd on DraftKings. Yes. No. Indifferent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I know he's uh, been bad this year, but two nine is a little just ridiculous. All right, is there anything else you guys want to mention in this game? Nope. Definitely. All right, let's move on to a game that I think we're going to be talking about for a little while. Uh, we've got Texas at Baltimore. This game's got an 11 total. Chris Tillman, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Tillman is the favorite here at minus 115 against Andrew Kashner. 
No interest in the pitchers, right? And be careful. I have a mute button in case you try to get out of line. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, not. Unless it's PML, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I have a lot of interest in but uh, <laughs> I, I, but I think you could also play on the other side. Wait, hey, why won't you let me say? What the hell, man? <laughs> no, that's it. I told you, man. Not happening. Uh, he's also just kidding. I think he just wanted to use some cool sound effects. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I think he's just wanted to use some sound effects. All right, bats. Um, is there a bat in this game that you don't have interest in? Like, I'm looking at DraftKings, right? The most expensive bats are Mark Trumbo and Manny Machado at 4,300. The the Texas guys that you would kind of be interested in, Beltran, Gomez, Mazzara, are all kind of checking in at 4,100. You know, without the top-end pitchers to pay up for, I think that this is pretty reasonable for all these bats. Is there a guy here that kind of sticks out more than some others there, Jack? No. no I, and, I mean, when it comes to pitching, are you really thinking – Cashner hasn't been getting really blown up. I don't know how much I'm going to really target him. I don't think I'm going to five-man stack here with the Orioles. I mean, he's a guy that I really just need to have the umpire data for because he's one of the guys. PML, last time we checked, wasn't he like third in like pitches on the outside corner and, and like inch off the plate call? Uh, I, I didn't look at like what the – oh, was that the called strike? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was living living real dangerously on uh, on the edges which could explain his walk problems a lot from time yeah. to time. And it just really just depends on the umpire. Like, if he's going to give you that outside corner, like, he's not a guy I'm, like, thrilled to stack against. But, boy, if it's going to be hot in Baltimore, and the 11 total kind of suggested that it's going to be hot here, I guess I should have pulled up the weather page. I That's I, I, I'm pulling it up right now. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, they're probably, yep, it's, like, going to be 90 degrees, a uh, little bit of wind blowing out to left. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's kind of a, turns Baltimore into a little bit of a hitter's paradise there. You know, I know for sure that it's like it's tough to stack against at Cashner for all the reasons you mentioned. But when Cashner does get lit up, it is home runs. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, and I mean Chris Davis, right? If you need a play out of this game, like Chris Davis can. Be I've been waiting for the Chris Davis spot. Like I was hoping John Lackey was going to straw start over the weekend for the Cubs, and he didn't. But I, I think this is probably the best spot we've had yet for it, right? Well, he's yeah, he's missed quite a lot of time, so it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. In his last five starts, he's only let up two home runs. His ground ball per game, I just – I don't know. I just don't know if he's a guy I really want to stack against. But the Orioles can go off against anyone, so I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I just don't know how much I'm going to really go with a full-on stack here. I think one-offs are the where I'm going. Hey, I mean, we have a lot of stacks to choose from, so we get to be super, super picky. So I don't blame you one bit for just being like, I'm just not going to go against Cashner. Like, you know, on a lot of slates, I think you might be interested. But on this one – there's literally 10 or 11 stacks I think that you would want to attack on a normal slate. So I get it. You could be super picky. Uh, on the Texas side, you know, this is a team that has crushed Chris Tillman in the fast. Chris Tillman is a reverse splits guy. Adrian Beltre, kind of one of those guys that you're looking at there, PML? Uh, uh, Tillman kind of used to be a reverse splits guy, right? But uh, Yeah, he's been better this year. So let's see he's, he's, he's a, he's a no-splits guy. He is an equal opportunity gas can. Now, power oh. – yeah, he's been giving up a little bit more power to righties, but the, uh, the kind of the ex-Woba and other stuff kind of uh, Im- uh, seem to imply that maybe that power that he's given up should be a little bit lower. But really, he's just been really bad against both sides of the plate. 424 ex-Woba uh, against lefties this year. That's not good. And uh, Texas does have some good lefties in Mazzara, Odor, and uh, Drew Robinson, right? Drew Robinson, yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's on FanDuel finally. Uh, two weeks late. Man, I, if you've been a tournament tap subscriber, this is this name is not news to you. I think we have been talking about him every slate. Um, and this is a dream Drew Robinson spot, and he's priced up, guys, all the way up at twenty six hundred today. So it's a huge price increase for him, but he I, he's still firmly in play for me. He's a guy that I will be targeting. Kind of a boom bust guy, but for a punt second base outfield on, on DraftKings. You know, he has home run upside against Chris Dillman. I mean, he has multi-home run upside against Chris Dillman. Yeah. I mean, I guess everyone has a multi-home run upside against Chris Dillman. Any other bats you kind of wanted to talk about in particular in this game? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, we just kind of like a, a, a large smattering, if you will, of all the bats. Joey Gallo, right? Is he healthy or is he dead? What's up with him? I think he pinch ran yesterday or something, so maybe he'll pop in. He hasn't played. I mean, I, I assume like the game against – I assume that he was hurt. But the, obviously, then they faced uh, two lefties, right? Didn't they face um, Vargas? And, oh, Vargas is today, actually. So, like, who do they face? I have no idea. But he Ian Kennedy was today, and yesterday was um, Dan Guthy. So, okay, hmm. that makes sense. All right. Let's slide on to the next game. This game is probably one I think we're going to spend a little bit of time on. Toronto at Boston. This game has a total of nine and a half. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez coming off the DL, the minus 130 favorite here against Marcus Stroman. Let's take some time. Let's talk Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, we, we talked a little bit pre-show about him. So on this slate, we are desperate for pitching. Like we are desperate for talented pitching. You know, there is Lance McCullers, John Lester, and then there is a massive drop-off. And as we've seen with John Lester, he is not blow-up proof. Um, so there is a massive drop-off after that. So Eduardo Rodriguez is a guy that we would roster every fifth day for a while until he got hurt coming out of that stupid Baltimore bullpen. He hasn't pitched since. PMO, you said the numbers looked good in rehab. What's your confidence level going back to him here at 8,200 against a talented Toronto team? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just exactly – I wouldn't downgrade him at all just because he – had to go through those rehab starts or whatever. It looks like he's good to go, fully healthy, capable of throwing, you know, 100-plus pitches if, if, if he wants to, uh, throwing like 94 in that last rehab start. So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a, a boom-bust kind of spot. Uh, these Blue Jays have been maybe down more than up outside of, you know, smoke and uh, the occasional flashes just from seems like random guys in the lineup from game to game. Yeah, Jack, what's your thoughts there on Eduardo in this spot? Yeah, I think, it, as usual, he's always one of my favorite tournament plays, that strikeout upside. So uh, I'm definitely going to have a good amount of exposure here in tournaments. I, I love him, especially, I think, on DraftKings, he's only 8-2. So Toronto, we've seen bust time in and time again. So I'm willing to take the risk here. I'm not worried at all. Yeah, so if, for those of you who are BVP people that will see this weird-looking BVP, you have to remember that a lot of the, their good stats came from the one start where he pitch-tipped. Like there is a pitch tipping, like Toronto was the team that figured out yeah, he was yeah, tipping yeah. pitches his rookie season. And I remember ESPN and or Nesson ran the graphic like mid-start, like, oh, by the way, he's tipping pitches. And Toronto hit him for three home runs in that start. I want to go find it. It might have literally been like all of their hits have come from that start. Yeah. And he's been like absolutely dominant against them since. Yeah, he, they have awful BVP against them. Morales, Pilar, Pierce, Donaldson, Batista all have over 10 advance against them. And he, they're all at 200 or below batting average. 
Zeke's. Yeah, I want to go find that start. I'm going to find it really quickly here on ESPN. Uh, while we do that, why don't you guys talk about um, uh, Strowman on the other side against Boston? It's just never enough K upside for me, Jack, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, there's there's a lot of other. I know you said the pitching is pretty weak here, which it is, but there's other guys I'm looking at here than Strowman. I just, especially at Boston, I just, you know, and I'm not even a fan of Boston, so I don't even know if I like the Boston stack as well. Like you said, I'm I'm not looking at Strowman here. Yeah, so in that start, Eduardo Rodriguez gave up nine earned runs in four and two thirds. Actually, none of the home runs came from that start, believe it or not. So he must be giving up some solo shots in these other ones. But either way, I mean, this is just a situation where like the BVP is probably realistically better than than it looks on that page. Um, yeah, I, I just I feel like this is a guy that if he was facing a team with a little more strikeout upside, right? Like. Let's say he was facing a Milwaukee. I feel like I could get on board, but against Boston now, I just came out like the answer is no, right? Yeah, it th- throws too many fastballs uh, for me. I, I, you know, you know me. I, I hate the, I hate the old BVP machine, but it is alarming how many uh, players on Boston have, you know. Lower lower end strikeouts versus Stroman with really high exit velocities on those batted balls in play, like Moreland, Mookie, Pedroia, Vasquez, Vasquez uh, are all guys, Hanley are all guys with over 90 mile an hour uh, uh, exit velocities on those balls in play. And, and the best, even, you know, Xander Bogarts on uh, 20 at bats, that's 14 balls in play at 97 average exit velocity. With uh, seven singles, two doubles, a home run, only four strikeouts. So that's a little alarming. The thing that I actually noticed was the stolen bases against Stroman. Is Stroman a guy that's historically bad at holding on runners? I don't think so. I could check right now while you guys uh, yeah. poke around. Uh, well, let's talk about some bats then while we do that. You talked about the Red Sox uh, there, Jack. Any other Red Sox bats that you have an interest in? Brock Holt's going to return from the DL for this game. I don't know if he's yes. in a player pool anywhere. <laughs> yeah. He should uh, be. It probably is. You would think he is. He is. He's a two base, second base outfield, thirty-two hundred. I, I can't pay more for him than Drew Robinson. But I guess if he gets draws a decent lineup spot in a stack, yeah, I, I'm. I, I don't know. It's just one of these stay away spots for me with Strawman. I could see him giving up four runs, and they kind of dink their way with some singles and doubles. And obviously, you don't hate a couple guys here, like you know Mookie up top. It's obvious. I always like Nintendo and. Uh, maybe take a look at Hanley here. I, I don't know. It, it's tough. I'm not a big fan of Boston. I have never really stacked them. I just haven't seen the upside, even though when I say that they score 15 runs. So we'll see. I'm kind of with you. I, I can easily see this turning into like Toronto's bullpen has been just taxed in the early going since the all-star break. Like right before and right after they've just been getting taxed and taxed. So one of these teams is going to score 15 off of them. I, I was watching a game, and, and lo and behold, our boy Biagini came out of the uh, bullpen. That would do him a lot of good if he's back in there because uh, he just, you know, his velocity started dipping pretty significantly when he had to start, and it, it was killing him. But he's he's really good if, if they're going to, you know, let him come out of the bullpen and pitch one or two innings. They wouldn't use him in spots their way behind, though, right? They'd just save him for higher leverage spots. You know, I've searched and searched through game logs of so many teams, and it's kind of random. So many times they'll throw out, you know, their best relievers, even when they're down like five, six, seven runs, just because, you know, maybe they haven't pitched in a while. I, you know, I couldn't figure it out, but I've, I've strayed away from just assuming 
that unless they put up like 14 runs or something that they won't uh, just throw out, you know, whatever relievers they have. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, let's move on. Um, I, I, you had no interest in the Toronto bats, right? I, I think, like, I, you know, I say hedge stack, hedge stack. Yeah, I feel like if I play a lot of Eduardo on this slate, I will have a decent hedge on Toronto because I feel like this goes one of two ways. Like, if Eduardo was healthy, I would have zero Toronto bats. But this is the classic, you know, stack the pitcher coming off the DL spot. Now he actually pitched well in his rehab, as opposed to some of these other guys. But I still think it applies against a power hitting team in Fenway Park in a nine and a half total. Like. I can be as confident as I want in Eduardo, but I think this is a spot if you get heavy on him, you got to hedge. Any objections? Going once. Going twice. St. Louis at the New York Mets. Uh, Adam Wainwright versus Zach Wheeler here. Zach Wheeler, the minus 115 favorite. I don't know what to do with this game, guys. I just don't have a feel for it. Adam Wainwright's home road splits this year are just some of the most drastic you've ever seen. I mean, we're talking about a guy at home who is pitching at a 3.19 ERA on the road, 8.36. Like, that's not good. Uh, Jack, thoughts, Wheeler, Wainwright, or just a pass? Yeah, Wheeler just pitched against St. Louis, didn't he? Like, his last start? Hmm, he might have. I don't remember. Yeah, I could have swore. Uh... He did. Six innings, two earned runs, five Ks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh I definitely think, if anything, with the Cardinals, I'm definitely not going Wheeler here, but I think you can get a couple of one-offs from the Cardinals, but no more than a one-off for the Cardinals. This game is kind of blah to me, just nothing really standing out. I'm so tempted to stack the Mets, PML. What's your thoughts on Wainwright? Uh, yeah, so I was quickly looking at his, his home road splits. Uh, listen to this. So uh, his last game at – Chase Field, the game before that at Baltimore, that that when it was 93 with like a bajillion percent humidity and he got rocked immediately for nine runs and, and two innings. Before that, Great American Ballpark. Before that, at Coors. Two before that, at Milwaukee. Uh, one before that, at Yankee Stadium. So I think wow. that, yeah, that is the most brutal. Wow. Yeah, that's Poor guy. That was Wheeler? Yeah. No, no, that, no, was, no that, that was way right. Bueno. Yeah, so I don't think it's a, it's not like a more comfortable at home kind of nonsense. I think I think just those epically bad situations. Well, what uh, if I told you it's going to be super hot and humid in New York tomorrow? Wind blowing out the left, eighty. It's going to be seventy five percent humidity, eighty three degrees. Yeah, I mean Wainwright has only one good pitch pitch left. Are we looking at the same schedule left with Wainwright? You said he got rocked against Arizona. No, no, no. I no, no, he said he was telling about the venues. So he like, had to pitch. He had to pitch in there. So, like, even if he only gave up, for example, two earned runs, like, uh, you know, he gave up eight hits. So the WOBA numbers might look high. And the nine earned runs with, with you know, seven hits, like, that definitely uh, killed his numbers. And then Coors, he gave up nine earned runs in Cincy. So has not been awesome. yeah, I, I remember the Baltimore and the Cincy spots. Like, those were obvious stack against Wainwright spots. I just – I think this is a good stack against Wayne. Oh, he pitched but... against the Mets too. Yeah, this matchup just happened, and he killed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but he's a guy him. who's just. Oh, I'm so tempted to go right. I might have even stacked the Mets this day too. I just when Wayne gets blown up, he gets blown up, and that St. Louis bullpen is so sneaky bad. Like they try to throw Brett Cecil in a safe situation today, and immediately blew it. Like. 
that bullpen is just such a mess. Like, if Wainwright doesn't pitch good innings, you just get the Cardinals bullpen for six innings, seven innings, and it's just these Mets can tee off on them. You know, all these lefties, Conforto, Cabrera, Bruce, Duda, and then the righties aren't so bad in Cespedes. Uh, I kind of like a sneaky Mets stack. I can't, you know, maybe there's no numbers to support the opinion, but, man, I kind of feel it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the numbers would be, uh, what is it? The numbers would be Wainwright's, you know, substandard 6%, 5% swing strike the lefties, giving up some decent power. Like, you know, if he can't stay ahead in the count and, and really work that just, you know, Wainwright's going to be able to throw the best curveball or like a top five curveball in the league, you know, even if he was in a wheelchair probably. Yeah, so, the, uh, if this, comes down to can, this comes down to can the Mets hit curveballs, which I guess I should just look at. It's really a quick look up here. Let's see. It's Drupal against right-handed pitching against curveballs. 305 X-Woba this year, last year. Uh, 257 X-Woba. Jay Bruce. Let's look up the big three, I guess. It's really all that matters. 2016, 296. Is that 296? Yeah, with a massive swing strike rate. Same deal this year. He's actually hitting him when he actually hits him now. And Conforto. Let's see here. 2017, he's got a 179 X Woba. Last year, he had a 260 X Woba. So forget everything I ever said about playing the Mets. That's a bad idea. If they can't hit a curveball, you just drop dead against Wainwright. All right. I'm not paying 9100 for Wainwright, though. The answer is just no. Um, yeah. So I guess that kind of just leaves us now with one-offs in terms of bats. Like, Jay Bruce's BVP is clearly he swings and misses at the curveball, and when Wainwright throws a bad one, it goes a long, long way. But on this lead, I think we can do better than that, right? Yeah, this this game just doesn't have much appeal in both sides. I mean, at 9,100, Wainwright, like you said, is priced out for me. If anything, I can look at a couple Cardinals. Uh, the Mets, I can see where you're coming from. I never hate stacking the Mets, but I'm not going to do it here. Yeah, I can't do it. Paul DeJean still underpriced 3,300, second base shortstop now. Like, he's got so much value there. Yeah, why did they drop his price? Why they what? They, like, dropped his – like, DraftKings, he was, like, steadily climbing, and then right in the middle of his, like – extra base hitting streak they just dropped him he has i don't no know but i was perfectly happy with it <laughs> that's just my opinion yeah this is a guy who i thought was going to hit for power didn't for like the first couple weeks and finally has shown the power that i, I thought he was going to show so it's good to see it I, not the best ballpark but the wind is blowing out to the left so and you know whatever I, I, he's just really really cheap on DraftKings. all right next game hey unless you had anything else you guys wanted to mention nope nope philadelphia at miami Jared Eikhoff, Tom Kohler. Tom Kohler, the minus 150 favorite in Miami. Miami team total almost five. Um, the answer is no for either of these pitchers, right there, PML? Like, we're still looking for pitchers, but uh, I don't know if I could trust either one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, Eikhoff is still pretty decent against righties. Uh, the swing the swing and strikes are definitely on. I don't know if they're on the rise. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what's going on with him this season, but against lefties, still really, really bad. Yeah, we're, we're talking 8% swinging strike rates against lefties. X-Woba, 358, over a 200 ice at a left-handed bass this season. You know, it, it's all, you know, the, it basically, if it's he's not throwing his curveball, like, it's just getting shelled. So these are the pitches he throws outside of the fastball, the lefties. 44% he throws a, uh, a four-seam fastball, 400 X-Woba. Uh, Slider, 17%, 423 X-Woba. J. 
changeup, like never, and it's like a 900 X Woba. So like the only pitches he's got that's good is a curveball. So again, we're kind of in the same situation with the Marlins bats that we were with uh, the Mets. Like you could find someone that can hit a curveball that's a lefty. You're in play. So let's pull up Christian Yelich. Uh, I guess first, I guess we could. Well, I pulled that up. You could, we could talk about Tom Kohler against Philly. Uh, yeah, I hate Tom Kohler. He's just he's your I mean, average. He's your definition of average, right? Well, he used to, he he definitely was in prior seasons. Uh, he's been really, 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 really bad this season. So far this season, he's given up 300 ISO to lefties, 433 X Woba, uh, 191 ISO to righties, 338 X Woba, 11 ish percent, 10 11 percent swinging strike to righties. I suspect that he will steadily become, you know, a little bit better uh, versus righties as the season goes on, as long as he's not hurt. Uh, but against lefties, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't mind testing him, if if uh, with the uh, <clears throat> with uh, your favorite, <clears throat> Mr. Uh, Nick Williams. You just <laughs> trying to get me on tilt, weren't you? Play Nick Williams Friday, does nothing. Play Nick Williams Saturday, does nothing. Travel Sunday, play one team. Don't play Nick Williams immediately. A home run, grand slam, two other hits. Uh, I do like Nick Williams though. <sighs> kid's talented. That's a guy I'm just going to keep writing, and this time actually just keep writing him every single day. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just – I like my boy Freddie Galvis too. He's batting second. You know, like if they're going to keep batting a guy like that second who's who's priced at 3500 against bad pitchers like Tom Kohler, like, yeah, Freddie Galvis is nothing special. But at shortstop being perfectly mediocre in a good matchup and a good lineup spot, normally more times than not puts you in play, right? Yeah, not to mention he literally just doesn't doesn't care, just just doesn't give up. He will steal. He will try to steal on anybody. Like he's he's running all the time. Coach is like, no, 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 and then it's, and and he's gone. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I for sure am. Uh, I'd like him a little bit. On the Miami side, there's one guy who hits curveballs very very well, who's also a fan favorite of ours. Bork. Oh shoot! Oh sh- oh, come on, Jack. <laughs> well, I was waiting for you guys to say it earlier. And it was getting hype. We were going to hype it up. It was going to be like, you know. Well, his name's Boar, so I just had to say, like, Boar. You know what I mean? It's yeah, pretty... man. <laughs> we couldn't hype it up. We couldn't hype that up. I love Justin Boar in this spot. This is a dream spot. You know, the ballpark's not great, but, yeah, I cough. You know, uh, Justin Boar's had very good success against curveballs uh, and fastballs in his career from, from right-handed pitchers. I, I, no swinging strikes on the curveballs, which is really the key. Uh, if you, if I, I still, I still have it up. 2016, he only swung and missed at four, uh, four and a half or four point three percent of curveballs, and this year that number is five point two six. That is just super, super low. And if he's making hard contact again, like this guy is just a guy who's going to hit it a long way when he makes contact. Yeah, so I, I love more in this spot, um, fair amount. What's your interest in the stacks, though? Like, are you guys just picking one-offs here, or are you guys interested in any stacks? Like, the total is nine here. Like, on a lot of slates, we'd be interested, but there's no yeah, pitching to pay up for. That's the problem, right? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind stacking uh, with with Bor, Azuna. You know, yeah, like, can throw in Stanton in there. Uh, you know, Real Muto is always a, a guy I love throwing in a stack just because he actually does have occasional upside as a catcher, which is, you know, hard to come by sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I just this is just a really kind of a weird spot. It feels like one of these stacks can go off, but I just don't know. Like if they're if I was to be honest with myself and just try to like try to grade out the stacks, I just feel like this like the Marlins are going to come in at like seven or eight. 
And I just don't know if I really ever should be playing the seventh or eighth best team on my board. Unless, like, the ownership you think is going to be 1%. But just tough. Just tough. There's a lot of good spots on the board today. You get to be really, really picky. So if you find a spot you like, like, ownership probably going to be low. All right, let's talk about the absolutely I can't I think I have to fade again one more time spot, even though there's no pitching. Cubs in Atlanta. John Lester, Julio Tehran. Uh the Cubs Lester's the minus one fifty favorite here. Like obviously we'll get to the Cubs bats against Julio Tehran in that short ballpark. I know like they're gonna be mega chalk and super hot, but I don't know how you fade the Cubs bats. But let's talk John Lester against this Braves team here, Jack. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't like playing pitchers in this ballpark. It's going to be actually really cold in Atlanta for once, but it's super humid. It's super short to right, to right field. I just help. What do I do with John Lester? Yeah, I think, you know, for him to get a price increase after his whatever blow up you want to call it. Amazing start. Maybe I'm biased. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that was a like an all-time beautiful start, but I guess that's what happens when you have all the Pittsburgh. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, definitely. I just, I, I think, I think he's a great play here in tournaments. I'm definitely going to have good amount of exposure here. He's going to be. Low what if he's off. the chalk option though? What if he comes right back at 35? You really think he's going to get that high ownership? What other pitcher? How, we are now uh, six games, seven games into this slate, and we've recommended. I think a lot pitcher? of people. I think a lot of people are going to go to Wainwright. He's been pitching pretty good, and they see the revert. You know, they just Please see. Please tell me Adam Wainwright is chalk on this lead at ninety one hundred. Yeah, you can see McCullers. Oh, I will literally like have to throw all my golf winnings in this week on this one slate. Then, if Adam Wainwright is chalk, oh my goodness, I will be in heaven. I could just see a lot of people going there. I really. Oh, people are just going to play John Lester right against a left-handed heavy Atlanta team PML right. No, Jack, what's going to happen? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Please tell me that's not your Rayman play of the day. It, it, I have to see ownership, but if right, – You've got to see all the other plays, right? Oh, you don't oh, get to pick oh, that entirely. No. We'll save it for the end. You don't right. get to, I, don't, I don't want you to use that up and find a spot you like better because – Yeah, I'll call, I'll call it at the end. All right. I just – God, John Lester. I just feel like – if it makes I feel it like he's going to be so bi- – it's a bipolar spot, right? He's either going to pitch a gem against this Braves team or he's going to get absolutely shelled one more time. I mean, here's the problem with the Braves, right? We look at their lineup. They have speed everywhere. So if they get on, they're going to run. I was just going to get to that, actually. Uh, ever since John Lester's actually made a concerted effort to, uh, like, throw a baseball other anywhere other than to home plate, uh, so far this season – uh, for the first time in one, two, three, four, five, six years, he has a positive RSB, uh, meaning his uh, stolen base runs saved, uh, runs above average. He's he's given up eleven stolen bases in. All right, in- I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull a. I'm gonna pull a move you pulled earlier. Find me the team on this list that has steel upside. Pittsburgh didn't get a chance to. They scored ten runs in the first. Tampa. <laughs> they stole a lot of runs. <laughs> Washington. Miami, okay, Tampa, uh, Malik Smith, Miami, they're catchers. That's one guy. That's one okay, guy. Okay, Miami has – lefty against John Lester. M- Miami has over three, right? Uh, D, Real Muto, Yelich Steels. Real Muto? Like, that's your case for, like – He's, he's one of the fastest players in the league. Uh, my point – I mean, okay, and how many – like, it's just, like – How many – I mean, do we have to, like, go – like, my point is that there's not, like, this – like, it's not like he's faced Cincinnati – 
like a ton. Like he, like he's San Diego, the Mets. Like that's a big old slow team. San Diego, the Rockies. Yeah, yeah but the who's Cardinals. the best? Who's the best stolen base guy on this team? In Ciarte? Yeah, you know, a lefty against Lester. That's not that's not an easy on base. And then what? Matt Adams is going to steal. Well, Matt Adams isn't going to play. I hope. I would <laughs> hope he's not playing. That's true. That's true. He didn't. I, mean, I guess that's a fair point. Like, there's not a ton of speed out there. Uh, but I just like Freddie can run. But that's another lefty, I guess. Uh, Cam can run, but uh, Camargo will play for sure. Camargo, he's a righty, right? That guy has. Uh, he's little... he's switch. He he hits lefties pretty good. Yeah, he can hit lefties pretty well. Is he still underpriced on DraftKings? He was underpriced on it this weekend. Yeah, he's like perpetually like two. Oh no, they priced him up. Damn you, DraftKings. Because nice. like it, in the in the limited sample size, because man, these Braves have not faced many lefties. But in the limited sample size, Camargo has like what, like eight hundred Woba against left-handed pitching? Something stupid. So I wonder what the Braves have overall. Actually, I don't want to give up that page. That yeah, page yeah. Is my uh, page. Cam- Cam- Camargo has a. Uh, 540 Wopa against left-handed pitching on 28 yeah. at-bats. Yeah, that's a six sample size. But I'm trying to just see what the Braves have done this year against left-handed pitching. Because you just you mentioned like they haven't faced a ton, which is kind of interesting. Because you look I mean, at that division and you just you realize there's not a ton of left-handed pitching there. So they just yeah. might not see a ton. But Kemp, Kemp is pretty good against lefties. Freddie's good against lefties. Uh, Kurt Suzuki, if he catches, is good against lefties. I think he will catch this spot too. Uh, Camargo's and- not been bad. Dan, Dansby is good against the lefties. It's the only thing he can hit. So let's just pull up the Braves here. So the Braves have a 170 ISO against left-handed pitching this year. They strike out under 20% of the time. Like, this is kind of a sneaky, I think you can let John Lester go. I really do, like. And, and uh, the field, hello? The the field and the, you know, what's the weather conditions going to be like? Oh, and by uh, the way, the Braves have actually faced the fewest plate appearances against left-handed pitching this year, and it's not close. Yeah, it was crazy. When I was looking them up, I forget who they were playing against the other day. Uh, what's his face? Corbin. I looked it up. I was like, oh, my gosh, this can't even be real life. Yeah, right they, they faced the only, they've only had 600 at-bats against left-handed pitching this year. Like, the next lowest is 660. Like, that is insane. That is like super, super low. And all the other teams, by the way, that are down here, mash left-handed pitching. Nationals, Red Sox, Tigers, Athletics. Like all the other teams here, match left-handed pitching that are down here in this list by the Braves. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm off Lester. I, I think I'm off Lester here. I, I know I don't have many pitching options to go with, but I think he's going to be popular, and I, I just don't see any reason to play play a pitcher in this ballpark against a, an offense that a, Bra- a Braves team that doesn't strike down against lefties. Like it's a pass. You know, I, we spent a lot of time on that, but I think you know with pitching today, there's very few options and. Just because a guy needs to be popular doesn't mean he should be popular. Let's talk bats, Cubs. I mean, we get to Tehran. Uh, I mean, the question is just do you want to pay these prices? It's We all know that Tehran's bad against lefties. Jack, what's your initial thought here? Obviously, you know, long way until roster lock, but what are your thoughts here on the Cubs in this spot? Yeah, they're interesting for sure. I, I you know, I yeah. – you wonder too with their ownership with them playing a little more runs. I've been on the Cubs for the you know I took the weekend off, but uh I, I think, bad weekend by the way. Yeah, bad weekend. Cubs finally figured it out. <laughs> yeah, well I played them. Um, I played them on what Friday? PML I was on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so played, uh, played Baez over someone, Baez. someone, someone <laughs> on this, po- someone on this podcast played Kevin Gaussman as his number one owned pitcher. Uh, Who is that? We won't, we won't talk about that. Oh. You didn't win money. Haha, <laughs> you suck. That's what 
Yeah, that was me. That was me on Friday, pretty much. All right, yeah. I, I like it though. I like it though. But yeah, no, I think I think the Cubs stacks in play when they get rolling. They're a team that uh, can put runs up in bunches. But that being said, I think Tehran, uh, the way he's been pitching too, is in play. Uh, I just I can't you can't play him. Two thirteen ISO against left-handed pitching, swinging strike rate of six percent against lefties. Like he, he has he has a nine point six. Well, I'm going to use the old school ERA, but at home he has a nine point six ERA against left-handed hitters. Because again, that field is uh, favorable for left-handed hitting because that uh, middle that middle right field is so far in. And you know even against righties, he's rocking some pretty awful numbers at home. Well, here I got the advanced numbers for you. Four thirty woba to left-handed hitters at home this year. Yeah, no, no, I had the advanced numbers up, but I just that nine ERA just was like, Ugh. yeah, the, the numbers are. He has given up more walks to left-handed batters at home this year than strikeouts. Cubby stack it is then. Yeah, man, it's, I think that's your chalk to zero of the day. Like that in Coors, like I just I don't think people are going to get away from the Cubs now based on how well they've been doing. And honestly, it's tough to blame them. Uh, Braves, I probably will have a Braves stack in this spot. Um, Ballpark, uh, John Lester, Cubs bullpen. You know, it's going to be half a percent owned. I get it. If I do it, it's probably part of a game stack. I, I just kind of think this this is total of nine. Feels a little low to me. Little low. I, I kind of like both offenses here. But I understand you guys are going to tell me to go to hell and you're wrong. And then we'll move on. Can yeah. I do that? Can I do that even if I don't think you're wrong? Can I just tell you to go? No, then you can kind of support my opinion. <laughs> which is rare. I'm not used to that on this podcast a ton. So you can support my opinion if you like. I do not. Lester's a great play. <laughs> oh, I already know where this is going. Don't do this to me, Jack. I might, have to, might have to find the damn mute button. By, by, by the way, just, just to clarify one point, Cubs have one of the best bullpens uh, in the league, bar none. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Not great. Again, again, like you talk about like the seven, eight, nine guys. I don't care about that. I care about their middle guys. Uh, like, like, yeah. like, like if if I am playing a brave stack, right? I don't. I guess the point is it'll be a close game. All right, I I concede. I was thinking that Braves. Yeah, but if I am game stacking, then that. All right, fair point. I will concede on that point. But I just, I don't know. I don't know. I I just I can't get help from flashbacks of what I saw that Sunday before the All Star break from Lester. It yeah. but feels like feels like a very similar spot. Feels very, very similar to me. That's kind of yeah, the reason. Yeah, I, I mean, if there's something like mechanically wrong and it wasn't just a coincidence, and this is the, you know, it's always, it, it's it's never the immediate game for a lot of these guys. It, so many times where it's like, wait, why did you let him pitch, right? He was bad last time. He comes out and then he gets shelled and they pull him after one and it's like, oh, he's got an oblique strain. It's like, oh, geez. Like, it's like Pena's last month. You know, like we now know why he's been terrible for a month. He's clearly been pitching through this for since. Like you can literally go point when the injury probably happened if you looked at Pineda's game logs. And well, you know he's uh, <laughs> his game logs usually look like that. No, but like seriously, I can like, I can literally tell you when it happened. Yeah, like it happened just... in the Texas. It happened in the in the LA start. It happened in the LA start. He luck boxed that next LA start. Got shelled by Texas. Pitched bad against Houston. Pitched bad against Toronto. Like he's been pitching with this. Like ever since his pitch count dipped below hundred, like that's when he's been dealing with this nonsense. But. Whatever. I, I just – John Lester sounds like such a head case. Like, we under – like, I don't call, say that word lightly. Like, he could physically not throw the ball to first base for a while. I feel like I can call him a head case. And, that's like, if I that like sticks with him – What? 
That's why I like him even more after he got roughed up. He's coming out with some fire. I'm telling. If it was any other slate, I'd be with you. But like when he's gonna be chalk in this spot, just. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> the Man Man play of the day, for those of you who don't understand, this play always works. It doesn't matter why or how. Like, some of their basketball Rain Man play of the days were just silly. Like, yeah. you had Iman Shumpert one day, he played zero first half minutes. Then he, J.R. Smith twists an ankle. Oh, this how, guy. Like, the Rain Man play of the day is just so – the hit rate on that thing is absurd. <laughs> hell, hell, hell today, Jack texts me. He's like, Rain Man play of the day, Brett Phillips. I'm like, dude, Brett Phillips ain't even in the lineup. He's like, Brett Phillips. I'm like, Brett Phillips is not in the lineup. He's like, Brett Phillips. Boom, Brett Phillips comes in, pinch hit home run. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the next one here. Winning. Oh, my goodness. All right, fine. You want the next game? We still are in the search of pitching, by the way. We're at like one and a half, maybe two. We'll get to at least Marcus, Minnesota. This game's off the board because we still don't have a we don't still don't have a starter for the Yankees confirmed yet. Uh, it's Alberto Mejia and what we think will be Caleb Smith for the Yankees, not confirmed. Um, I looked up Caleb Smith on Roto World before he got drafted in the Rule Five pick this year. His last update was 2014. That immediately crossed him off my list. Um, what PML? You told me you did a dive on Caleb Smith. I yeah, assume I was you came to the same conclusion. I was watching footage and stuff. Uh, yeah, he throws like, uh, I don't, you know, he's actually kind of interesting. Like, he's not a complete gas can. He uh, has good fastball. I, I think this is Caleb Smith. He throws like hard for a lefty, like really hard. Like, he tops out at like 95. Uh, decent changeup. Uh, he developed kind of a slider that he's been using, and that's kind of the three pitches. He's a three pitch pitcher. Uh, the slider is kind of the newest one, I think. So if anything, he'll probably maybe be a little bit better against the righties. He's not, and he's not a complete gas can. Like he's been very good, uh, like a two ERA, sub like sub nine strikeouts per nine. Like he's not the worst. If he actually does get rolled out there, like he's he shouldn't. I would hope not. I don't think he's going to get completely shelled, but I'm not exactly expecting him to pitch a gym. But it's not like one of those automatic like full full triple double quadruple stack automatically because you don't recognize the guy's name it's like if he does well or okay you know not shocked all right i get it but i still probably gonna stack the twins <laughs> i like the guy like if the guy was any good i think we would have heard about him by now like I mean, he can average all he wants, but it's it's telling it's telling that he got called up before Chance. Uh, what is his name? Chance Adams, who was kind of the the more popular name around the uh, the Yankees fans as, as the guy to get the call up. So the fact that he got called up over Chance now it could just be because he's a lefty, right? And they they wanted to get a lefty in there for the so they'd be able to use him out of the pen. And if uh, they needed maybe, to in the double header, that's possible. Yeah, so it could have just been that. So I don't know. we don't know. We don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Either. We honestly don't know anything. Um, we live in, let's see if the weather conditions in Minnesota and that park always matter too. It is going to be absolutely neutral. It's going to be 95 degrees, 90 degrees though in Minnesota. So the ball will fly. Mejia too, we know kind of what he is. He's got good stuff, but when he leaves it over the zone, it goes a long way. Any other thoughts you want to add, Jack, to either one of these guys? Any interest in either one of these guys? No. People, no. people are uh, tweeting out Caleb A. Smith. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to, retweet that let's get him some some shouts and maybe he'll tell us if he's pitching tomorrow I'm gonna, uh, if it says good luck to him i'm assuming he's pitching 
No, I was like, good luck on the call up. Uh, oh. <laughs> hopefully he'll just pitch tonight and then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I doubt that at this point, but yeah, I mean, that would be nice. I still don't understand why they're not using Sessa tomorrow, but whatever. That's a different conversation for another day. Like he's clearly pitching Tuesday. What well, DraftKings page currently is just wrong. Um, bats in this game, stack them up both sides. I think they're firmly in play, right? Like even if you don't love the stack, like the Twins are priced at bargain basement prices here uh, for the most part, other than Dozier and Sano. Jack, any interest in either one of these yeah. stacks? Well, I mean, the thing yeah. is, too, with, you know, like, uh, I know, obviously, you know, is I don't know. I, it's hard to argue with PML on pitching, so I don't know how much I'm going to go with the Twins here. No, 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 no. You're definitely re- reading into that more. It's just a lot of times when we look at some of these call-ups that they're kind of forced into, we pull it up and we're like, wow, this guy's striking out nobody. He has a five ERA in the minors. You know, uh, what are they doing? This is not that type of guy but it doesn't mean it's going to automatically translate directly into the majors. So Yeah, I mean, I th- and they're going to not know his stuff. I mean, it's just one of those things that I hear I hear both sides here, and I, I, I just think there's other offenses I'm going to be going to. Yes, and I, I, mean, a lot of slates, that's a fair point. Sorry, uh, sorry, Pim, I'll hop in there. What about, uh, what about the Yankees, Jack? I mean, it's 5,400 for Aaron Judge against a left. I mean, now you're paying quartz field prices for these guys. Yeah, I mean, it could turn into Coors Field. Like, if, if we want to talk about bullpens, like the Twins, now that's not been other than what? Like, Tyler Duffy, surprisingly. Tyler Duffy's been just killing it this season, both sides of the plate. Uh, but other than, like, Duffy and, like, one or two guys that sometimes are good, like, it gets real ugly real fast. Like, Jimenez, like, legitimately will start warming up in the bullpen. Like, that's this is their backup catcher. He's already pitched, like, what, six, seven games? Uh, he'll start. He just starts warming up if they're like down five runs early to go pitch. Yeah, I mean it's, it's interesting because like the Yankees lineup kind of got sneaky healthy against left-handed pitching in the last forty-eight hours. Like Holiday's back, Castro's back. Like you can certainly start building a viable four-man. Like whereas a couple days ago it was kind of like Sanchez and Judge and who else. Like now you can at least kind of throw four guys in there that are above mm-hmm. average against left-handed pitching. Like, and. and- Twins are so desperate for pitching that they just called up Bartolo Colon from AAA, despite the fact that he gave up like five earned runs in his AAA start, and they're just like, well, that's good enough. <laughs> let's call him up. Yeah. I mean, let's be quite clear. Tuesday's podcast might be stack Yankees against Bartolo Colon and be done. We might literally just end up one sentence podcast. Not really, but we could probably get away with it. Um, anything else you guys want to mention this game before we slide on? We still have a bunch of games left somehow. And we yeah. still have no pitching, by the way. We're still at like two pitchers that are in play. <laughs> there might be one in the next game. There is one in the next game. Seattle uh, at Houston. Miranda versus McCullers. McCullers, the minus 205 favorite. McCullers is chopped as you're on this slate. He's 11-5 on DraftKings, but it's tough not to use him, right? Oh, oh you're talking about Lance McCullers? I always think I was looking at Ariel. Mur- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, McCullers. Got, got to love him, right? Yeah, I mean, 11-5. Like, at some point, you have to roster a pitcher, you know? Like, do I normally like to pick on Seattle? No. But, you know, like, he struck out 31 Seattle bats in 86 at-bats. So, there's K upside. There's no other options. You know, if he hits his ceiling and you don't have him on this slate, you're probably just done. So, he's just a guy you're going to have to play, at least at the field ownership percentage, which probably 40 to 50 or higher. So, yeah, it's a guy that I have a ton of interest in. Jack, what's your interest level in the colors? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of really hard to make an argument when you don't have any other pitching to pay up for. I mean, there's nothing really to say here. I think you kind of have to play him in the lineups. You can fit him, and I don't hate a fade here because of his ownership. He's easily going to be the highest owned pitcher, rightfully so, but anytime you see that type of pitching ownership, I'd never have a problem with uh, taking a few lineups without him. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely probably won't be 100%, but he's going to be a guy I have a ton of. Um, Bats-wise, BVP play of the day. George Springer, four for 11 with four home runs. <laughs> yeah, George Springer can hit a lefty. That's for damn sure. And it's in the, in the Crawford boxes are right there. So I, I'm sure George Springer is over 5,000, but he's worth every penny. 5,600. He's the highest pitch hitter on the slate with Coors Field on the board. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I really don't care either. I'm still going to have exposure. Sure. I mean, yeah, for just, stack, right? I mean, for, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Is it just me or do they just let Ariel Miranda pitch like eight in? Like, they don't care how many runs he gives up. Like, most of the time, you think they'd pull him. Like, he'll be his six, he'll give up six runs, but it's like, eh, let him pitch seven innings. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, let's look at his pitch counts just for fun. No, you know, his pitch counts is always fine. It's always, he's always in great pitch. 84. Yeah, he goes deep. 99. Yeah, you are right, though. There is a lot of random, like, six runs and five inning starts that you just normally don't see. And, yeah, I, I'm with you. Seattle's bullpen. I mean, Houston right now is just so hot. Like, you can just play them whenever you want. I'm going to yeah. have a Houston stack every night for the rest of the season. Tough <laughs> to argue. Guriel at 3-6 is kind of like the first baseman who's just going to get overlooked because no one would – like, he's never no, he's not sexy. It was a little towards the bottom of that order, but he can easily hit for power. Like he was a guy who mashed right-handed pitching early in the season, and now he's figured it out against lefties too. Like he's quietly putting in a nice season. Yeah, and you know Bregman at third is always a good option against left-handed pitching. That people that he's also one of the neglected members of the stack because he's always at the bottom. I always fade Correa in these spots. It never works, but I will do so again probably on some tournament teams. All right, let's slide on to the next game. Oh, boy, I'm so desperate for pitching, and there's just no no pitching to come. Jordan Zerman versus Jason Vargas. Uh, Vargas, the minus 150 favorite. That kind of just shows you how bad Jordan Zerman is. Uh, PML, either one of these guys have any interest to you? Yeah, I was looking up the uh, the old the Bivs, the Biv, the Biv Piz, because, uh, you know, obviously these guys would have squared off a lot. Unfortunately, I don't have a very clear indication from this page which Vargas it is that some of these numbers come from, the, the new re revitalized Vargas. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Vargas, right, very, very low-velocity fastball, which doesn't matter because he probably throws the best changeup in baseball or, or close to it for a lefty. And, uh, yeah, he can just massacre right-handed bats. And against lefties, you know, he's respectable, and he can, he can hold his own and, and power through them. It's kind of interesting because he's going to be facing a lot of righties and, you know, Decent amount of them will swing and miss from time to time. Yeah, Detroit's one of the better teams against left-handed pitching. It's just on this slate, take any any pitcher with talent on this slate. You have to consider, like, you just have to consider them. Like, I'm not disputing like he's in play. I just to, to backtrack though, I did just realize that he throws. He mainly throws a two-seamer, which we know that uh, Detroit traditionally kills uh, two-seamer sinkers, stuff like that. Uh, JD, Miguel, you know, Upton, even Kinsler a little bit, Casty are all pretty good. Even uh, Mickey Mata can can mash a sinker two seamer. So, a little hesitation there. Yeah, 
especially when you, it just was you know, pulled up a VVP just to see the swing strike rate, but it's so tough with Vargas again because he just kind of revitalized mid-career. But the guys that you all just listed that can hit two seamers all have uh, respectable very to, to very good numbers. Uh, Jordan Zerman's a no, right, before I move over to Jack? Yeah, I mean, there would have to be some weird circumstance where they're, like, giving uh, Moustakis and Hosmer the day off or something, you know, where he's, like, just randomly is going to get, like, eight righties and Brandon Moss or something. All right, Jack, Coors Field. I mean, it's Coors Field. I'm already moving on to the next game in my head. Uh, Detroit, Kansas City, uh, Vargas Zimmerman. Any interest there before we talk about the bats? Yeah, I definitely think Vargas is is a decent play here. Like you said, pitching is horrible. I agree with everything, and I'm definitely going to have uh, some exposure to Vargas. All right, well, let's talk about uh, the bats here. I think there's a couple interesting options here. I mean, uh, for Detroit here, um, you know, James McCann against a lefty at twenty nine at twenty four hundred. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not going with the Tigers here. I just, I if anything, I like the other side a lot better. I mean, I play Salvador Perez. I think every day now because no one ever plays him. The guy has 18 home runs from the catcher position, and he's like anybody 2%. on the Royals. Anybody on the Royals, no one plays. You know, I mean, you're you're probably higher on the Royal stack than I am with all these good hitting environments. I just can't imagine that they hit enough home runs to win this slate. But by, by the way, I was laughing because uh, you, you always say uh, uh, Salvi is always super super underowned, and then uh, the other day at the All Star break, uh, DraftKings posted the kind of ownership All Stars, and lo and behold, in the AL, uh, Salvi has been the highest owned on average catcher. Yeah, that's because he was three K for two months, and then they finally no, raised no, his price. No, it, it's it, you're totally right. It's because his ownership is like very constant. You know what I mean? Like he never is the chalk. He's just he's always the backup. I don't know who to play. You know, he was chalk for a month when he was like twenty eight hundred for inexplicable okay. reasons. Okay, like that's, that's definitely true. what drove up that number. I know because I played him every single day during that stretch. Uh, Jack, any thoughts on Salvador Perez? You just like the freaking Royals in this spot, right? Yeah, I definitely do. I, I, you're going to get him at low ownership. And with Salvi Perez, I, I'm, you know, the ownership, I think he'd probably be the highest going guy on the Royals at all times. So, you know, you're going to get all these guys on the Royals at low ownership. You know, Perez might garner some ownership against, you know, Zimmerman, but not enough to scare me off. I think the Royals are a really good stack. If Jorge Bonifacio makes the lineup, don't fade him. PML, your thoughts on Detroit, Kansas City bats? Uh, yeah, I will point out that uh, Salvador Perez, because he swings at everything and everybody knows it, uh, has not his, – he's hit, like, maybe three sliders in the last couple of years. <laughs> like, his ISO against sliders uh, in the last two seasons – or, his, sorry, his ISO was actually decent last season, but the, the Woba is, you know, below 300. This season, the ISO is 21, 0, 0.021 ISO against the slider. And Zimmerman, that's the only – Good pit, and he still throws a good slider, and, and he's throwing it a lot now against righties. So, eh, that's that's one. Eh, I like when you bring up good points. We'll cross them off the list for now. All right, let's move on. Coors Field, San Diego, Colorado, Perdomo versus Marquis. I think I got it right finally. Nicole will probably tell me I'm wrong again. Is but it, uh, is it uh, not Herman Marquez? No, no, it's not. <laughs> Perdomo versus Marquis. Um, 11 and a half total here. Marquis, the minus 165 favorite. Um, Look, there's a lot of slates in which I would just immediately say we're moving on to hitters right away. But I think that you have to at least consider Marquis here. Um, you know, we, San Diego's not a very good offense whatsoever. Marquis is a decent pitcher. I know he's pitched way better. Actually, his, his splits have kind of neutralized between cores and home over the last couple starts. Jack, 
Marquee, Coors Fields. Play a Coors Field pitchers up your alley. Oh, yeah, he's definitely uh, one of my top tournament plays for sure, I think. There it is. You sound way more confident about this than you do John Lester. <laughs> no, don't make me do it. I'm not doing that. Don't, don't. I know what you're doing here. You want, you want to play Marquez over Lester. <laughs> So, uh, I yeah. want to play Marquis over Lester so badly. Mar Marquis, Marquis. I got to get That's all right. I I've gotten it wrong for two months in a row. I literally right. have a pronunciation guide right in front of me, and it says Marquis. Marquis. I got it. Yeah. All right. But, yes, he is definitely in play with this ugly pitching slate. Um, I might be a little biased after watching the White Sox game, but where he pitched against them in cores, that was kind of brutal to watch. So, I, I just think he's he's a decent pitching option here, and I'm not – what's his price on DraftKings? It's up. It's seventy six. You're not getting a discount. That's that's fine with me. I was hoping he'd be up. If he was in the sixes, it would be a little scarier. So I, I'm going to take him over. You know, other guys like uh, Wheeler and you know those type of guys. So I, I definitely like him here. PML, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you got got to love whenever there's a pitcher in quarters and some jacket just roll up. Be like. Yeah, you know what? I don't care if it's German Marquez, Italy Marquez, Mexico Marquez. He's facing the Padres. Light it up, fellas. We're going to get a big one going tonight. That's that's In my mind, that's how Jack approaches every pitcher that's in cores ever since they got a solid rotation. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's facing the Padres. Uh, I will point out that, uh, you know, I think it was like 75% of all of Will Myers' offensive production last season was either at Petco or in cores. So <laughs> I always kind of keep an eye out for him whenever he ends up in cores uh, in Spangenberg. He's actually kind of living up a little bit to, to you know, the hype when he got drafted. So, yeah, a little spangy, a little Spangenberg. I should have used bit. the mute button on you during that whole rant. Oh, my God. Listen here, fellas. Perdomo ain't no nothing to shake two fists at either. He's got a curveball that loops around oh, for something. Mark, Perdomo's awful. Shut up. You're not playing Perdomo in fours. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, God. Sometimes you just tilt me just for fun. Mission accomplished, by the way. Fully on time. Haha, you suck. <laughs> that is your go-to, man. I got to say, is David Dahl going to come back? Like he's he's like close now, right? He's been rehabbing this weekend. I'm pretty sure we just made up David Dahl and the real uh, fake Trevor story. Like we just imagined that there was this like rookie mashing phenom right hander and this lefty that could steal and hit home run. Like we just made him up, right? This is Never some mind. David Dahl is a ways to return before returning the Rockies for a headline yesterday. Yeah. Never mind. I was really hoping that he he could come back today and be sneaky, but. I mean, you stack them up, right? Like, you just, if you're playing an offense here, you always just stack it up, right? You have to stack. I agree. CJs. <laughs> I knew yeah, you, oh you have up. all the tournament tactics clips there at your disposal, don't you? No, just those two. I got some other stuff, but oh, those, those, are the main, those are the main ones. God. Unbelievable. If I should have, like, disabled your editing board. Unbelievable. Oh, all right. Rockies, you guys do like them, though, right? All jokes aside. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would hope that they're going to roll out, you know, uh, uh, Tapia, roll out some Tapatio, get right. some Tapatio. Where's the, where's the mute the button? <laughs> I swear to God, you're killing me. Perdomo is only 4,900. You're not playing Perdomo. We're moving on. Tampa at Oakland. Like, no, stop it. He throws a slurve. A slurving curve is like literally the worst pitch you can throw. What are, what, what are his main, what are his like main pitches? Those two? That's a it? fastball and a slurve, right? Yeah, I, 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 like I said before, I've tried to watch. I think it's a curveball, maybe. <laughs> it's it's nasty looking. 
Uh, and he did pitch decently in Coors the one time he pitched there last season. Yeah, he was a 363 X Woba against left-handed bats in Coors. Like it, it just come if they maybe if they play like play seven righties, you can consider it. But yeah, well, that's what I'm saying is that for some and you know Carlos Gonzalez might as well be a, a, not left-handed or right-handed. He might as well have no hands. I mean, he's that's pretty much and it's, it's time to start <laughs> price enforcing the guy. Is it though? He's been. I mean, he was two. He's three K in Coors against a guy who can't get lefties out. Like. Okay. If he had been 2.5 in cores this entire season, you would be losing money having played him at any time this season. Except that That's one fine. home run yet. That's fine. It's a fair point, but I would go down with the ship. I'll go down with the ship. Like, I'm sorry. Para is 4,500. Carlos Gonzalez is 3K. Price and force. It's time to price and force. That's the ah. sound effect. That's the price and force sound effect. Oh, Charlie Blackman's 56. Like, I love him. You know, him and Swinger. What, what do you think their ownership is here? Top, top well, back, right? It really comes down to what the Cubs are on, right? I'm just yeah. I no, I, I I hear you. I hear you, Jack. I and honestly, the what I've been doing with uh, with teams like this is instead of if you're worried about ownership, instead of like not playing them, I say play more, like more people in your stack, because so many people will just be like, oh yeah, Black Blackman, he's a lefty, and then oh Arenado, I know him. And then they just kind of like trail off, and the the last three, four, five guys are like you know seven, eight, nine percent. No, I hear you. I'm just uh, I'm, I'm debating a fade here. I understand it, but I th- I think the Cubs hot streak is really going to kind of just keep cores to a reasonable level. It's a third twelve game slate. Cubs are going to be pretty damn popular in this spot. I think we're okay. I Plus, we gotta see we gotta see this implied totals for Yankees Twins. Like that could be a big one. It could be a big number too. Yeah, I like. I don't think like I think it will be a. You want to fade the? Let me just speak for you and tell me if I'm wrong. You want to fade the Rockies if they're like the clear chalk, but if they're yeah. kind of in a tier with the Cubs and another team, you don't want to fade. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, like, and if the, if I get that they're the clear chalk and I see, I'm seeing this run total, I'm gonna have a share of Perdermo. Okay, that's fine. I just want to. I just kind of want to make clear kind of what you were like. I, I kind of know how you operate a little bit, so I just want to yeah. make that clear for people that maybe aren't regular fans of you, which would be pretty stupid, but they probably do exist. All right, Tampa, Oakland, eight and a half total here. This game is a pure pick'em here. Odorizzi versus Gossett. The old in the old days, Odorizzi against Oakland would just be a complete disaster with all those right-handed bats. But there's not so many anymore. Like all these kids they've called up are left-handed heavy. PML, is this a spot where you consider Odorizzi? You know, it, he's actually – he's been uh, just almost just as bad lefty versus lefties and righties. I, maybe as a consequence of him messing around with his fastball arm – like he, he changed his arm slot to, to finally try and do something about that fastball getting rocked by righties. So he's been kind of spotty with his command, and he's he's been getting hit pretty – I mean, he's – Against lefties, to almost a 230 ISO, and against righties, a 238 ISO. So he's been a little bit equal opportunity there. But to his credit, right now he's starting to get swings and miss, like heavy swings and misses versus righties, which he was not before. So yeah, I don't know if I want to play him. I would honestly prefer to probably play some athletics. But I do think it's interesting and to credit Odorizzi if he starts to get more comfortable with that new arm slot. Like we could see him uh, become a much more valuable pitcher moving forward. Yeah. This is just a, like I I could talk, I could see myself talking myself into some motor, but like 
on paper, I'll, all I'm, when I see this spot, I'm just thinking Chris Davis with a K, cha-ching, cha-ching. You got the cha-ching, cha-ching sound effect again? I can use that. Like, I love that spot for him. Yeah. I can see a couple home runs for Chris Davis in this spot. This is, this is a good spot for Chris Davis. Jack, any interest in uh, Odorizzi for you? Uh, like, yeah, I would have to say no. I think the athletes are interesting here. But with the, with the way they strike out, I think he – yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll have a share or two. I'm only rolling out about five lineups. So I, I don't know if he'll make the cut, but I'm not going to blame anyone if they play him. Daniel Gossett's terrible. You're not playing him, right? No, no. PML, no, right? Did you say Gossman? No, I'm just kidding. Gossman. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, Gossman is terrible. Oh, oh uh, that hurts, man. That hurts. I do, do want to so point, well. I do want to point out that Gossett is, uh, he actually doesn't have a little bit of stuff. But uh, that stuff seems to only be working on le- uh, lefties, at least in terms of like limiting hard contact against righties. He's got slightly better strikeout stuff, but holy moly, with the 400 x but and and 400 x but and it could be worse. He's allowing a 300 ISO with a 360 Woba, but the the x indicator kind of says maybe he could be getting hit harder. And you know what that means? Uh, Steven Souza, Jr. Yeah. He's priced up on DraftKings. I'd pay six thousand for him in this spot. Souza? Yeah. I don't think you'd actually pay six thousand for him, but it's a good spot. Maybe low I mean, owned. You get all those factors. I mean, Steven Souza Jr. This season, this season against right-handed pitching, four hundred woba, two eighty-eight ISO. You know what's really sneaky? The Tampa right-handed stack. Go Longoria, yeah, I mean- <laughs> Souza, Ramos, and hope you get a Tim Beckham start. Ramos at the strained hamstring or whatever. Don't know if he's going to be available. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I'd make it better if I could. Man. That was such a good spot, too. What, what's that, Jack? What's that, Jack? Back in my day, we didn't care about no hamstrings. That's right, Jack. Tell him. Oh, Tell him about the God. hamstrings. You're really just trying to get me to fire you, aren't you? You're unbelievable. All right, that's nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Yeah. Hold on, we got got to go to the next game where uh, you make some loud proclamation that one of these pitchers is the best pitcher on the slate and they give up eight runs or something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say best player pitcher on the slate. (laughs) I I, I said both these pitchers are firmly in play. Let's talk about it. Cleveland at San Francisco. It's Josh Tomlin versus Matt Moore. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't create this slate that gave us one and a half pitch, two and a half pitching options, one of one I hate. Like, I have to roster two pitchers on DraftKings. I am forced to do so by rule. So that means that when I get a nice massive ballpark and I get a, a, a lefty against a team that is pretty bad against left-handed pitching for free in Matt Moore at 5,300, and then I get a fly ball pitcher whose problem is giving up hard contact to right-handed hitters in a ballpark that does everything possible, humanly possible, to keep right-handed hitters from hitting home runs. Yeah, I have interest in Tomlin and more. Come at me. Bring it on. I was just making a Gossman joke. You actually like a pitcher in this game? I like them both. What do you want from me? Nothing, man. You do you, do you bro. You, do you. you don't like either one. Uh... Um... Josh Tomlin's I'm, been good against lefties. ISO under 200, respectable. Well, but like, yeah, he hasn't swing and strike. Like, yeah, he hasn't struck out a lot of guys. You know how many people's pitchers on this on this slate actually get swings and strikes? Like none. 
Yeah, no, he's got he's got that that I mean the the, the his whole reverse splits thing is right because the cutter is like his his main right. pitch. Uh, yeah, no, I mean uh, Tomlin. Uh, he's priced up on DraftKings. It's the only reason I probably won't end up like with a ton. What is like Marquis is West, so like that's an issue. He's like two k. It's like one k too expensive, but he's also gonna be like half a percent owned, and he goes in the late game. So when everyone else's pitcher's getting blown up, mine won't have started yet. He'll be at zero points. And like, how do you even hedge against that? What you you play like Pence and, and Posey? Like in that mm. ballpark, like that's my point. Like if this were in another ballpark, it's one thing. But like, his biggest weakness is like this park's biggest strength. Yeah, I will say though to to even at home, and this is uh, uh, Matt Moore. He's still managing to give up one point five home runs per nine somehow. Uh, in that park, which is more than he's given up on the road, apparently, which is actually a surprise to me. I just looked it up right now. Crazy. That more bad. Like I get that part. Like he's been bad. I understand that, but like I have to roster pitchers on the slate. Matt Moore's fifty three hundred against a team that's not good against lefties in Cleveland. Yeah, Jack. Are you on PML side? You're on my side here. I mean. It's only it's only Tomlin for me here a little bit, but this game is ugly regardless to me. This whole slate is ugly for pitching. <laughs> it's ugly everywhere. I've been I've been doing some backdoor research, so when we get to the end of it, and we get, uh, I think you guys might kick me off the show. Hey, hey Jack. Wait, I didn't kick PML after probably making like jokes he probably shouldn't have made on air. So you're you're looking pretty good. Uh, we'll hey, see. Hey, hey Jack, if you had to play somebody though uh, on the Indians, who do you think you'd play? Man, I don't know. He bats fourth. He's a DH. You really have a shotgun for everything. Just that one. Yeah, I mean, he actually is a good play against Matt Moore. Can't hate it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's extreme fly ball pitching. Like, like yeah. you should intentionally walk Edwin just every time. <laughs> yeah, when I said it's impossible for right-handers to hit out, I didn't mean guys who have just like massive brute strength like Edwin. I meant like normal hitters. Yeah, boy. I mean, there's nothing else on the slate I really have interest in. Like Posey might sit today. He didn't sit on Sunday. You got to watch that. You know, I just. I'm not playing any bats in this game. Like Cleveland's priced through the moon, and there's no chance I can do that on this slate. And San Francisco, you'd want to target the righties, but I'm not paying 4K for Posey in this park, and I'm not paying 3-4 for Pence. Like, it's kind of a pass. <laughs> it's a pass. For, it's a pass, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a pass. I mean, all right, so we've got, so before we uh, get out of here, we got we have some segments we normally do on the show, and we're gonna do them. Uh, so uh, I think Stevie and I will do the play draft tomorrow. We'll move it from Monday to Tuesday. Keep it simple. Uh, but we do have uh, home run derby to do, and then we will depart with the Rayman play of the day. So what this what we do is we do a snake draft. Uh, you get to pick any hitters you want for home runs. No course field. No course field. We'll keep that rule in place. Um, and each each one of us gets a veto. We can veto one pick of uh, either Jack or mine or whoever you want to veto. You get one veto, um, and then whoever hits the most home runs wins the day. Uh, you guys are the guests, 
So I will let you go first. PML, I should have probably fired you off the podcast by now for offending people or potentially offending people. So, Jack, you get to go first. All right. This one might get vetoed, but I'm going to go bore. What? what? How does it – why would you – like, don't you just veto, like uh, – It's if it's, uh, like, an obvious player. Yeah, like someone that like, you think it's too obvious. They don't, you don't, like, the goal is you want to have the most home runs at the end of the day, so you don't want to give someone a free home run. Yeah, so you want me to hit – you don't – I mean – you want to have more home runs than the other person, so. So like if Bor, if you think Bor's gonna hit two, you don't let him have it. Yeah, but but you know Jack's my friend. I don't, <laughs> I don't want him to not follow the runs. freaking if, rules. Jack, if, Jack, if you want Bor, man, you can. I'll let you have him. Yeah, Thank I'm you. gonna let you have it too. Thanks, so guys. I, I will write that down. All right, PML, you're up. Yeah, well, I don't care about no park right-handed suppression or nothing like that. I'm going to have to go with my boy Edwin Encarnacion. Have E. I will take Chris Davis with a K. Veto. Thank you so much. I was putting that down. The vetoes on the show, too, are such a good home run rate. Okay, I will take George Springer. V- v- oh, I veto that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> exactly that. Thanks. This is how we do it. Oh, my God. You're having way too much fun. All right. All right. Fine. You're going to beat all the good plays. I'll take Aaron Judge. Oh, he set us up, Jack. He set us up. He did. He did. did. I'm one of those two. I'm one of those two. Um, And then I will take – Um. Let's go with uh, Ian Happ. I like that. Yeah. All right, people, you're up. Wish I knew who was pitching for the Yankees, because uh, like Sano would stand out as a as a pretty interesting play. Man, I should have prepared one, huh? Too busy videoing all my picks. The freaking. Yeah, dude, I was so focused on just laser sharp, just right when you said something, just automatically. Oh, I got one. You ready for this? Steven Souza Jr. God, I really don't want to let you have that. I'm going to veto that, actually. Ooh. Hmm. You, you know, just for the, the flow of the show, uh, based on the fact that I was like, Pit, pit, pattering around looking for a play for so long. You would think that you'd you'd know that if you vetoed it, that I would have to go spend more time to now find somebody. Trust me, Steve, Steve and I spend all like ten minutes. We do we do a whole show and we probably spend ten minutes on this game every time. Okay, for sure. George Springer, light it up. I tried that, and you vetoed it. Get out doesn't of matter. Here. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Get out of here. If the you player want to veto, vetoed. He's out. If you want to. No. No, yeah, veto- get out vetoed, of here. For, vetoed for you, not for me. No, get out of here. He's out of the player pool. Dream on. Dude, come on, man. Come Ian Welch sound. You really do have everything on that soundboard. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, anyways, so, yeah, I guess uh, Mike Moustakis, why not, you know? Just, there you go. That's a, I like that one. That's a, that's a reasonable play. Yeah. All right, Jack, you're up. You got two on the two on the you got two in the end there. I'll go with Mazzara. Can I okay. opposite of veto that? Can I like pat you on the back and be like, "Good job, buddy. I like I like uh, the cut of your jib." Yeah, you can <laughs> say that very much so. 
All right, and then this one I'm just going to go with because I like him, Rizzo. Yep, that's understandable. All right, uh, what lefties are left in that game that I can take? Uh, Schwarber. Yeah, sure, Schwarber, whatever. Yeah. I just didn't <laughs> want to get stuck taking him, so I was glad. I was happy to hand him off to you. Yeah, we still got Zobrist if you want him. <laughs> I'm real. This is a guy that I've been staring at for like three rounds now. I'm just going to take him because I know he's going to homer. Is it Nick Williams? Travis Shaw. Oh, oh yeah, he was he was the obvious. I thought that was the don't pick guys like that. Okay. He is. Uh, I mean, he's a little obvious, but I took half. I, th- I took one non-obvious place. So I feel like I, I can. Uh, yeah, you earned it. I, I feel like I did earn it. Yeah, we we all didn't take total shots, so that's a major win. All right. Time for a new segment, a one-time-only segment, Rain Man Play of the Day. You have a sound effect for that? You know? I've been playing it literally the entire the entire time. <laughs> I, right, well, I didn't know there was a special sound effect. I didn't know. We all know the safe one I had, but that's not. No, no, no. You only get one. You no, I know. We all know that one I was going to have, and that's not my style. I was looking into some things on a player, and something really <laughs> stopped, it came out to me, and you guys are going to hate me. We're going to probably end the show on this, and it's not going to be pretty. Is he going to be in the lineup? Is this another pinch hit home run you're about to call? <laughs> it is going to be it's, someone that is going to change everyone's opinion and show. It's just his ground ball rate's higher than I thought it was. He's you know more fastball. I'm oh going God, with Perdomo. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, as long as it's not John Lester, I, I, that's a victory in my book. I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. If you guys want to hear more of these guys and maybe uh, be a little more PG are a little higher than PG and behind the paywall. You can find them. They're the co-hosts of probably my last podcast, which actually would have been a great name for this podcast. Uh, you can find it over in the Siege's uh, tournament tactics package over there in the marketplace run by me. Hi, the Siege. Um, you should check it out. Uh, we've had uh, a couple subscribers crushed Sunday, and uh, we, we have a lot of fun over there. A lot of instructional videos. We go into depth on fan graphs. They have webcam. They have web seminars. It's, it's impressive over there. So if you haven't checked it out, it's over the Roto Guys Daily Marketplace. All right, guys, anything else you guys want to say before you get out of here? Good luck. Good luck. That's being nice to our listeners. We're not nice to our listeners. PML, do something better than that. Extra good luck, everyone. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Let's see me. Thank God we'll be back tomorrow for the 15 game slate. Good luck, everybody. Bankroll management might not be the sexiest part of daily fantasy, but it's an important one. And that's why we've launched the DFS Analyzer. DFS Analyzer will help you easily track your results and then use them to your advantage. Just upload your contest history, and in seconds, DFS Analyzer will show you winnings, ROI, records by sport, contest type, and more. Don't just view your results, analyze them and gain an edge. Try our free DFS Analyzer tool, become a smarter, more process-oriented, hopefully more profitable DFS player. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium melody gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. 
All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trading required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic. After 630-20, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 